You're listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author Sarah Box, where you get the inside scoop on the steps action takers and decision makers take to align their purpose to their principles and achieve their goals in business and life. We focus on the mantra, no labels, no limits, no excuses. Each week, you'll hear from remarkable guests who have overcome challenges and obstacles to succeed in the face of adversity. By listening to their stories, you'll get practical tips, tools, and resources you can implement today to bust through your own internalized prisons of worry and doubt. And now, without further ado, please welcome your commanding coach with plenty of chutzpah and heart, Sarah Box. Hey there, this is Sarah, and thank you so much once again for joining us on the No Labels, No Limits podcast, a podcast all about shedding limiting labels and beliefs and living into our purpose so we can share our unique gifts in the world. This week, we are joined by Tracy Dunblazier, and I'm going to read you the short version about Tracy because the long version is really long. It'd be like reading you an audiobook. So let me just tell you that Tracy is a Los Angeles-based spiritual empath, shaman, and 20-time national award-winning author. I'm pausing there because that's a huge accomplishment. She's certified grief counselor and multi-sensitive. And she uses this blend of intuitive information combined combined with different modalities in her work. So that's provided the opportunity for thousands of those who she's worked with to experience deep healing and create success. More importantly, the peace that they are seeking in their lives. Um, She is the author of Conquer Your Karmic Relationships. I have some questions around that for her today. Um, The rest of the title is Heal Spiritual Trauma to Open Your Heart and Restore Your Soul. And then earlier this year, um, really not that long ago, she won the COVR Visionary Award. And for those of you who might be like me and not know what that is, That is given to creators of visionary resources or spiritually uplifting products, excuse me, and services that nourish and celebrate human spirit. I mean, oh my gosh, what a great award to get. So with that as a short prelude, let's welcome Tracy to the podcast. Hi, Tracy. Hello. So good to be here. I always, I, I, it's so awkward to hear (laughs) about me. (laughs) <laughs> well, it wasn't awkward to talk about you, so it's all good stuff. I, I am real curious. I do want to spend time talking about your book because I have some specific questions about that, but I like to start by asking all our guests if there's something that you do for yourself daily that really helps you stay focused on what you're here to do, your own goals and vision. Um, have a cup of coffee every morning (laughs) for the longest time my coffee ritual and it changes the ritual itself changes but I always have it even if I don't drink it the smell of that coffee brewing it puts me in a whole other zone Um, morning is my time and so I really that's that is the time that I give myself some space to be quiet and to um, oftentimes, like I've had, if I've had dreams, it gives me the, uh, the opportunity to go through and recollect my dreams and maybe go over any symbolism that may have come up. Um, so, I mean, that the coffee ritual is the most important. Like I said, whether or not I drink it on any given day, 
it's about the making of it, the, the, the percolating, the smell, all of that just sets me right. It's your coffee ceremony that you have every day. Yes. So um, let's talk a little bit about your background, how you got to do what you do today, how you, what led you to here. Um, but then as part of that, would you also define for us some words that you use so that all of us understand when you say this, you mean this. So tell folks, what is a shaman? What's an empath? What's a multi-sensitive? Are there similarities, overlaps, so that as we're listening to you, people can go, oh, I get it. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. So when uh, everything that I am, so I'm an empath, which means I take on the emotion of others. Uh, a shaman is a person who uh, dwells within the other dimensions of life. And what that means as an empath, emotion is a dimension. Uh, spirituality is a dimension. Vision, vision is a dimension. And so all of those um, exist for me because I have a heightened uh, hyper-awareness uh, and psychic ability. I'm clairsentient, clair clairvoyant, and clairaudient. So that when we say psychic, that usually that's a, that's a roundabout term for all of those things, and that's what I am. I am I'm a, and and I've cultivated my uh, my development. I've developed myself in in that. I was born that way, uh, and was very developed as a child, um, as a as a channeler. I knew information, would spout out information, um, often in situations or opportunities where adults were like, "What." <laughs> You know, like you're, you're 12, you don't know what you're talking about. And so it took, it took, it took me some time to get to a place where I, I was, uh, I was received for the information that I have, but that's, so that's what, that's what it is. Um, and my, the, the person that I'm working with directly, like a client, they, their energy is what draws out in me, whatever modality I use. Because some people are not comfortable knowing that there is another human being who can read them or see things in them that they are not yet prepared to see or that they're uncomfortable seeing. So, you know, uh, being a spiritual counselor, doing that work, you know, part of my gift is to be able to really meet somebody where they're at. It would seem to me that's a, a gift for them to be to welcome that. Right. And permission. Uh permission to work at that level right so it's yes. so it's actually mutually um beneficial if you will um so how did you get to be doing the work you're doing did you when you were 12 and you were finally being you know like people are going what's up with tracy did you decide at that point this was a direction you wanted to go or how did you get from there to here not at all. I, uh, it was my deep, dark little secret really until I was about almost 30 years old. And I, I lived in New York after, after high school, I went straight to New York and then I came to Los Angeles and worked, I was working in special events. And so interestingly enough, I actually was hired by a company, uh, when I was already working for the company, but the, my direct superior, uh, found out that I did readings. Um, which I didn't tell anybody, but I had done a reading for my colleague. And then she told him and he was like, oh, my God, you, ha you have to be our gift with purchase. <laughs> so I actually started doing readings for people who bought fragrance. 
and this was like in general in the general public and every event that i did i 50 to 100 people waiting in line like it was it was absurd the response that i got and then that's that was when i was like oh I guess maybe this is going to be my next thing. And then the, 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 the uh, job that I had went away, the company sold. And so I was like, I think that this is it. This is what I should do. And I've, I've done it ever since. And that was 20 some years ago. Okay. So um, before we get to the book, I want to ask you something. And this just to give the um, audience some background, the listening audience um, before Tracy and I hit record, I asked her a question. I ask many of my guests, not all, but many before we go live, whether or not she woke up with something on her heart that, you know, like even though she had planned her day, maybe we should talk about something in specific. And what she shared was pretty powerful. So, um, Tracy, will you kind of share that again here? Mm-hmm. Um, unity comes after accountability. People people want unity or they say they want unity, but yet in the world right now, we're creating a lot of divisiveness. We're saying we have opposite opinions, but a lot of, a lot of us who have these really strong opinions, we haven't really taken an inventory as to why we have the opinions we have, uh, where our leanings come from, what spiritual patterning we have going on that is promoting what we attract and what we are attracted to. And we all have to learn to be accountable for that. We have to be accountable for what we want, where we're at, the choices we make, the things we say, uh, what we believe. You know, uh, over the weekend, I was I was uh, telling Sarah that um, I do a haunting session every every uh, October thirty first. I spend the night in a haunted place, and I let the haunted place tell me its story. And uh, <laughs> this one was so powerful because it really was. It was basically like whatever, whatever whatever you're told you believe unless there's something in you that repels it or resists it. And then, and then that's, and, and that may or may not be true. It does it still doesn't mean that you're repelling it because it's untrue. You're repelling it for something internal. And until you can know what that internal mechanism is, what the belief is, what the understanding is, you can't really get to the truth. And that, that was a power that was a powerful story <laughs> to, to get from from my uh, I can't say an unwitting ghost. I think it was waiting for me, but um, but I thought it was a powerful story because that's really where we're at. We have we have to really not just sift through the information is out there and compare it to science, but we have to sift, sift through why we why we want to stand in the beliefs that we do. So that's that's one way that we're learning this this mass situation is is teaching us how to be accountable on that level who are we being accountable to ourselves ourselves first it is it is a spiritual truth that we will all eventually that we all are all connected that each individual even though we may have multiple personality uh, imprints or uh, things that need to be integrated within our own spirit. Ultimately, there is a vibration where we all connect. And our ultimate goal is to get to that place. And in that place, that includes everyone. There's not one person that is excluded from that place. And that's a spiritual truth. 
So we spend our life being accountable to ourselves in order to get to know ourselves, to create the integrations that allow us to begin to resonate on higher levels of interest. So if we spend our lives getting being accountable to ourselves, to know ourselves, it seems to me, I'm testing this with you if this is accurate or not, or if you can educate me. Um, so the more noise, the more distraction, the more external things telling me personally who I am versus me knowing who I am, that becomes right. a haze or a barrier to knowing myself. Is that correct? It does. It, well, I'm, well, uh, yes and no. I mean, see, I'm, I'm naturally, uh, as a spiritualist, I see all sides of things. So I understand. So to 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 expand on what you just said, the more noise there is outside, the more you have to face what's going on inside. Because, because of the balance between inner and outer. Yes. Like, so, 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 so the noise outside is going to force you to face what's going on inside, whether or not you want to, whether or not you're doing it consciously or deliberately, it is a natural flow of things. So the idea that we get thrown off our path or uh, get stuck on our path, that never happens. We, this is the path, whatever it is that you are doing is the path. It's not always the truth. And that's, and I think that's the difference is that there people are saying a lot of things right now that aren't true, but they are true for them at the time. And no matter how much you believe something doesn't mean it's true. Like, you, you know, I've, I've had people my whole life tell me that, you know, psychic things, demons, angels, they're not, they're not real. They're not true. Well, I know they are, and I don't judge you for not knowing that they are, but just because you don't believe it doesn't mean it doesn't mean it's true. Right. Everybody has a reason why they follow the path they do, because it's going to illuminate parts of themselves that we can't necessarily know. And it's not for us to know. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. I'm just I'm kind of smiling inwardly because oftentimes when I'm struggling or I'm trying to figure out something with someone or I'm watching someone because my person is like, I hate people to be in pain or struggle. Right. And then I, but more often than not, I'm thinking, not your job. Yes. Not your job to fix. That's for whatever they're doing. It's going to be really important for them. If they ask you for something, assist. Right. Otherwise, yes. not your job. Just love them as they are. And yes. um, ugh, those are hard ones. <laughs> well, you know, I laugh because I have those conversations while I'm doing dishes. My husband goes, why do you do dishes? I go, oh, I do my best thinking at the sink. So I often I often actually have a headset. So my best sessions happen while I'm doing the dishes or you know, multitasking at cleaning. Yeah, it's something I, to do with water. You know, it's like just water and then also a completed task, right? Dishes and sink, dishes and drainer or put away. Yes. Okay, I probably shouldn't be giving this stuff out to the public, but I am. Um, but it's true. I just think about those inner dialogues of just like pull it back, girl, if that's not yours to do. You right. know, and it's, it's a little harder. So tell me, let's talk about your book. You ready? Okay. Okay. Yes. So the, the title is Conquer Your Karmic Yes. For those of you looking on the video, you can see the cover of the book and all her awards on it. Congratulations on that, by the way. Um, Thank you. 
So that's conquer your karmic relationships, heal spiritual trauma to open your heart and restore your soul. So explain to me um, what you mean by spiritual trauma first. Okay. Uh, so spiritual trauma is um, off. It's uh, how we would consider it. Um, if you believe in past lives, it is a past life that you experienced and you brought the imprint of that life into this life to process. So anytime we die in, in an emotional upheaval off or an emotional conflict or something that's unresolved, like information we didn't have, it is our nature to seek to be have that entire situation be whole by being able to witness everything about it. And so sometimes we can bring from other incarnations into this one an imprint that tells us to be attached to this thing or focus on that thing. Um, and that, so it's, an, it's a spiritual wound that we carry that we seek to process or grieve in this lifetime. And if we don't do that in this lifetime, does it continue on with us into future? So it's in our benefit to heal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, if, if we, oftentimes, if we bring, if we bring it in with us, it, it, the work will get done because that is, because that is the path. The path is always the need to integrate. Okay. It's never to remain separate. So I'm trying, I, there's something about you that's making me draw these random conclusions. So I, and I never believe my conclusions are perfect, but I think they're good starting points. So um, if I bring this in with me, am I also bringing, or is spirit also sending the people or events that I need to encounter and deal with so I can resolve this, whether I choose to or not in that moment? Um, yes. So that is a, uh, that is a, be, that would be an objective perspective. The subjective perspective would be that you come in at a particular vibration and you pull in the people, places, and events that you need. You, because you, of the vibration. Yeah. Right. And because you see them, right there, there are a thousand, if you go to the, if you go to the mall, there are, you know, well, who, who goes to a mall anymore? I can't really use that, but it's <laughs> online. You're not feeling vibe. If you go somewhere, um, you, you're going to, you're going to see what interests you. You're going to notice what interests you, what benefits you, but that's not the only thing happening on the street or happening in the place. Um, you know, there are hundreds of thousands of things happening at all, at all times, but you are noticing that one. Okay. That person, that thing, that event. Is that conditional I upon my current state? So I get the karmic, the bringing it in piece, but also is what I notice dependent or influenced strongly by what I'm thinking or feeling in the moment. So, you know, you can wake up, people say on the wrong side of the bed and you're like going for bear. You're grumpy. Yeah. Everything's annoying you, right? Cause your energy or your vibrations already. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. But that might not and be my life one. That's just my day one. Well, you know, what's interesting is um, when we have anger, frustration and irritation, it's because on a deeper level, we have something that we are unsettled with, a place where we didn't set a boundary or where we didn't grieve 
a perceived loss. Oh, interesting. Okay. And we cover that with these other mechanisms of anger and, you know, frustration and irritation. They're, they're fiery and on the surface, but they're covering up for what we don't want to take the time to feel, which is really sad or grievesome. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense to me. I just stopped. No, but I, no, that was great. I was actually thinking in my head what you were saying. So mm -hmm. I thought that was just a planned pause so I could finish my own internal thought. So Tracy, let's talk a little bit about how your book helps people understand, you know, first what the karmic relationships are, how they would identify any trauma they had. Can you walk us through your book a bit? Sure. So uh, in the book, I address um, I address many I address many different types of relationships. Um, it, it 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 starts with our relationship to ourself, our relationship to food and money, um, our relationship to sexuality and divinity. You know how how we relate to religion and how how that connects to our sexuality and creativity. Um, uh, I also address and this this is one of my favorite top topics is is um fear authority fear hate and death there's an entire part of the book a whole section on the book addressing that dynamic and what that does like what when someone hates something else that is a dynamic or a process that gets that that gives them a vision that's not usual right it, it allows them to see uh, more deeply their attachment to something and what exactly it is that they're attached to and why. So when you, when you do the work of hate, which is hate is essentially attachment, right? You, if, if you're, if you, if you are willing to really dig into why you feel the way you do, there's going to be information for you there that will help you to release yourself of it. Nobody wants to be, it's great to choose what you want, but nobody wants to have to choose something. Right. And so that's, 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 a, that's a karmic relationship, our relationship to the government or any government or politics or, you know, other authorities in our life like teachers and doctors, right? There's all, we have all of these uh, built-in authorities that we listen to what other people do, but we don't take responsibility for our Every, you know, all of those authorities are also people and some of them are not good people at all, you know, and it's up to us when we meet one of those not good people to receive that assessment and say, oh, well, thanks, but I think I'm going to be going now. <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm going to get out. See ya. You know, later. Bye. To, to give yourself permission to be able to do that rather than just say, well, he's a doctor or well, he's a this and. You know, there's a certain point at which we have to really own and be open to the truth of any situation so that we can better protect ourselves, rather than feeling victimized later and mad about it later and then trying to sue somebody because of it. Yep, absolutely. Well, and the more subtle form of that um, is that one like, well, they're just trying to help me. And it's like, hmm, from an outsider perspective, I'm telling you that was no help. Right. 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 But I mean, we don't like being like that way to someone who title or not. Right. You're thinking, oh, they were trying to help you. Going, Do you feel helped? No. Right. 
Absolutely. So those are interesting um, nuances between the between them. So when you say when you do the work of those things, well, first, did you cover what you wanted to about what's in your book? Because you talked about those four. The I two did. And before. Uh, food, food and money. I mean, so I, I really deal with the all the internal ways that we deal and then how we begin to relate to the spiritual hierarchy okay. of vibration and, 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 and the teachers of that. I mean, there's in the book there, there literally it's, it, it's been called a manual for today's living. And it really is that it contains so much information on multiple topics. I deal with dating. I talk about dating and relationships, even, even uh, marriage, you know, I've never been married, but it's, it's, it's really about the dynamic of, of what you make that mean and how you negotiate that. Right. So it's because it, any relationship, including the one with yourself is negotiated. And you either do it consciously or you do it unconsciously. So let's bring that down, if you would. Let's talk about a day of conscious negotiating with yourself as compared to a day of unconscious. Yes. Okay. So uh, <laughs> there, there's so many things. So uh, I can't. I can't have sugar. It's not my thing. And every morning I decide what creamer I'm going to have in my coffee. You know, a couple of times a week, I have the yummy sweet cream. It's like that has sugar in it. (laughs) It has so much sugar in it, but I love it. But every day I'm like, okay, how's your tummy? How's your stomach right now? I got to ask you like, okay, can we do this? Okay, we can do this. And what else are you going to do during the day? Because the three grams now is not a big deal, but every other carb you have loads up and it changes the whole affect of the inflammation in your body. Right. So that that's where I, that's my that's my personal first negotiation. You know, we can get up and, and if, if, you know, we have a relationship with somebody or we go to work and we interact with people and we know, you know, so and so is going to irritate me because they just always do. I don't like them. Right. That's the first like to, to admit to yourself some of these, you know, uh, impolite feelings we have about others. To embrace that and, 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 and accept it is the first step to actually creating real kindness, right? Sometimes to, to, to not be around someone or to ignore them is being kind. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You know, and that's on any given day. You know, if you're, if you're, not, if you're not masterful enough to find a balance and not give everyone your opinion in a way that might be hurtful to them, you know, and it's not necessary, then, then take control of that for yourself, do something else, you know, and that's, and that's just emotionally, you know, but we go through those kinds of negotiations every day. So that's very deliberate what you described, right? What am I with? I think the creamer is a great example because it's your, you have an opportunity when you first decide, am I even putting anything in my coffee? Right. Yes. So there are many choices being made along the way. And you're making that example, you were making deliberate. Um, yes. I'm wondering, though, do we so I think that's an easy one to one. Right. But then the, mm-hmm. the second example is I'm going to work and I know this person always irritates me. My bet would be that that reaction tends to be less at the conscious level just because we think there's something wrong with them and they piss us off every day without right. stopping to think how much frustration am I going to allow in my day today 
I mean, right. using the creamer analogy, right? Yes. Two grams is probably over the top. So I'm just going to smile, say good morning and move on. Exactly. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. You're talking and I, and I, and I see, I see myself in the car and I, you know, there's whoever this person is and I'm saying to myself, I'm not going to let them, you know, they, I'm good. You know, As if you know they have that power. I'm not going to do that. I'm not, they're not going to get the best of me today, but, but the person who's saying that they've already gotten the best of them. They've exactly. already given them. Right. And so that, that when, when we are, when we are having that telepathic conversation, we've already, we're either trying to work it out or we've given over our power. And we're engaged. You know, and we're already engaged in it. Yeah. It's and, such and an so irony. Yeah, it is. So that's, that's the difference. I think uh, the other interesting thing is I think that when people, when people are easily moved, like if they're, let's say somebody's experienced a loss of some sort, okay. they're grieving and they're hurting and you know, they, they, they had they, their relationship broke up or their pet died, right? Something that other people aren't necessarily going to go, oh, I'm so sorry, right? They're already in a state and they're, they're going out looking for something, going out looking for company, company, comfort. Let's say they go to a coffee shop because they want that warm, yummy coffee you know, experience and the barista's having a bad day too, and the drink is wrong, right? That's, that's a situation where they're, they're unconsciously looking for something, and if they don't get it, they're going to have a reaction to it either a grief response or an anger response. So if right? we know that's what we're looking for, Tracy, so I know I'm going to that coffee shop. Number one, I know I'll, I'll feel, I'll soothe myself. I'll feel better. There'll be other people around me who might be more upbeat at that moment. Maybe I'll talk to someone. I don't know. And I know that's what I'm looking for, but my experience is different when I walk in for all the reasons you said, is it easier for me to just, not add that to my plate of sorrow and sadness because I recognized that I was looking for something and it just wasn't there. It's not like it wasn't about me being the wrong person. Right. So how do we heal from that? Well, you know, it's interesting is I truly believe that wherever we, wherever we go is where we need to be. So let's say we have this unconscious need for all of these things. You go to the coffee shop. It doesn't turn out how you want and, and it pushes you to a grief response. Well, you've probably been avoiding that grief response anyway. So it just pushed you to move through the emotion that you need to get through to get on the other side of it. Right. And that's positive. It doesn't feel good, but it's positive. You know, when you think that the universe is uh, working on your behalf, mm-hmm. You know, the universe is, is conspiring to give you what you need. And then that happens. There, there has to be a like, well, I guess that that's what I needed. You know, so is there, was that the best, most efficient way to get that? You know, would, if I had known I was going to go get that, would I have gone? Would I have done that for myself? <laughs> Different people would say, I'm going to try it out. I could be wrong. <laughs> more often than not you would not have gone so oh no so so it's so it's a so it ends up ultimately to be positive um, because it's it's taking you on a necessary yet unplanned journey 
So if I understand you correctly, basically your new book is a manual. So if I, if I come and I'm going, okay, I, something's going on. I don't know what is going on with me. I'm uncomfortable. I'm edgy, whatever it is, whatever my feeling is. I don't know that I would be able to find that there and understand it in the context of what's going on at the moment. Maybe it's relationship-based, work-based, personal connection. Is that correct? Absolutely. The, 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 uh, the contents, uh, list is <laughs> like 10 pages <laughs> because it's, because it's labeled so that there are so many different, like, like, what is that? You know, you can, you can look, it's all alphabetized. And so you can read it and go, Oh, okay. That, that is interests me today. There's one, there's something that I, maybe if you don't mind, we can play this little game. It's, uh, it's, well, I like the game. <laughs> yes. I need I'm ready. <laughs> Let's do it. A bit bibliomancy, where you take a book and you do this, and, and and then you pick one place and then you read that, and that is the message. So you and I are going to do this together. I'm going to okay. flip the pages and you tell me to stop. Okay. Go. So go. Stop. Stop. Okay. And give me a number between one and 20. Eight. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. At last, this is the eighth sentence in this page. At last, the entire family could find a way to grieve and move forward with a new level of safety that setting boundaries creates. Ooh, ah, that actually applies. (laughs) Right? It applies, it does. And it applies in a way that I was, um, I'll just give you the tag end of the story, but I was wow. at a wedding and a gal who was there similar to you and I met her, she's a cousin. And uh, she said, I've been meaning to talk to you. <laughs> and someone had oh. told me I needed to talk to her. I really liked her. She had really good vibes. And she goes, so you're, you're, you're thinking about this boy. And I go, okay. And she goes, it's not your business. Let it go. It's handled. And I'm going, right. And then I'm thinking, maybe we're thinking about different boys because I'm not sure I can let go of this one. <laughs> and she's going, right, right. that's the one. <laughs> so yeah. my husband walks over and she goes, it's his to deal with, not yours. And, and he goes, what are we all talking about? <laughs> right. And, but she started talking and goes, oh, yeah, it, it, she doesn't need to worry about that. I'm on it. So but it was yeah. that real interesting thing. So when you say that and you read that sentence, I'm going, it's so applicable. And yeah. as we were talking about earlier, not mine. <laughs> and not yours at all. So no. that's powerful. Okay, so that's oh. called Bibli. What what did you call it? Bibliomancy. It's bibliomancy. It's a okay. it's a form of, of divining. Okay. Where you take any book and you flip through the pages and point to a sentence. And in this case, because we did it together, I asked for your participation by giving me a number. Um, and it's it's always very accurate, and it's always so interesting and thought provoking. Um, I wanted to say something having to do with that, and I just okay. like, give me one second to get back to it. But um, oh, the the the, sa- the safety that boundaries provide. You know, when when we do not interact in a situation, it actually clears a space for someone else to interact. But sometimes if we actually take an action, we are blocking 
right? This, this, we are blocking the, 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 the needed opportunity for the other, for the other to, to come in and Guilty. do that. Which is the flow. Yeah. Right. Well, and, 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 and oftentimes, you know, when that, ha- when, when that is, what is the case, we tend to like, you know, kind of bump our heads against it. We keep trying, we keep trying, but we can't, we keep, you know, getting repelled or moved out in some way. And, and it's re- that, that, just as important as an invitation is, is the subtle signals of repulsion. Yeah. You know, if, if, if someone is repul, you know, repelling you, moving you away from them, there's a reason for it. And it's because there's somebody else with that job. Yeah. Yeah. It was really helpful to hear that and comical because it was a a recent topic. Right. And so The one thing I have learned over the years, most recently, is to laugh at myself. I'm going, oh, yeah, I own that. I did that. Um, but the other thing is, as I've done more of that, Tracy, it mm-hmm. creates space for me to yes. just go, hey, what is yours? Do your, yes. do you, do yours. Yes. You know, there's plenty of you to do. Absolutely. <laughs> and there is. There is. There's plenty for you to do if you're not going to do that. Exactly. So um, one of the quotes that you have that I really liked is, you know, you say that um, accepting your present circumstances gives you the greatest power you will ever have, the ability to move forward. And I think you've kind of been talking about that throughout our conversation today. But is there more you want to say about that, about why it's so powerful? Well, because until we accept what what is going on, how we feel, what we're doing, what we did, what others did, you know, until we accept our circumstances, we can't do anything because everything then is is a is leading us to find that acceptance. And, you know, of course, that's the process and that's maybe necessary. We might need to grieve something in order to really get to what's happening. Uh, but your your goal is to is to recognize that life is temporal. Things are always moving. So if you can get to a place where you can make a decision to move forward even a little bit, there's a whole new selection yeah. of yeah. opportunity for you, regardless of the shit show you were in. <laughs> it's true. You know, I always think about like you're walking up a path, right? But you and you just think, oh my God, this. You look around at what your current level is, and that's all you see. But you go up two more steps higher. Other stuff you couldn't have seen it. You it was it wasn't available to you until you took that step. Exactly. um, Things do change. They do. It's not when you're in it. It doesn't feel like it, and it's not always helpful for someone to say, "Oh, don't worry, things change." It's like, yeah, right now they're not. It doesn't seem like it is. So I was interested in um, you. You're experience and what you gained from the pandemic, which was something else I learned about you. So um, what is one of the benefits that came out of the pandemic for you? Um, well, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I was, I was already um, isolating. I had been working on the book actually for two years when the pandemic hit. So I actually did my book launch where normally I would have been traveling. I ended up having to do everything virtual. Um, so, uh, so um, 
for the previous five years, I'd been in deep resistance to doing a podcast. So now I, I'm doing a podcast and my podcast. <laughs> and so I, I, I actually uh, started my podcast and it won an award. It won a, a cover visionary award last year uh, for best podcast. So I was very like that. That was very encouraging for me that there were people who were interested in what I had to say. <laughs> well, but, and validating. But, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's, that was, so for me, I I feel like the pandemic for most people has been all about their self-reflection and it's forced them to stop with the distracting behavior and force them to be, to go within comfortably or not. Now's the time we all got to do it. Um, I've kind of been in that phase. I mean, that's, that is my work of the last 20 years. So for me, this was a, a, a real level up for my business and my business acumen and, and to, um, you know, I'm, I'm not really a technological person. So now all of a sudden there are all of these really easy ways to be able to make a video or broadcast, which they really didn't exist in the same way or weren't as easily accessible. So that I, I think finally, I connected with what technology was, was offering me and, and my will to do it and the ability to do it all hit critical mass. And so it, it allowed that for me. And I was grateful for that for sure. So how has Chatcast gone for you and your listeners? You know, I know that you produce a fair amount of content out there. I've watched some of the videos. Um, super interesting. I actually listen more than I watch. Right. Um, tell me what that's meant for you and, your ability to connect or share with the rest of the world who you might not have necessarily done without your podcast or your outreach? Um, I think it's, it's, uh, I think it's offered a, you know, a, a real, so just a little back backstory. My, my father was in radio in the seventies and he, he died when I was 11. And so I, I remember radio, the radio, the morning, morning drive time radio man was a thing. And he was really, he came out of that 1950s, 1960s DJ, like radio man. And he very much had that personality and that personality was not approachable. He he was funny and, and, and people laughed with him, but there was never any real connection to his radio persona. And so I think that part like that, that to me, I always found upsetting. And so that was part of the reason why I resisted doing this because I didn't want to be that unreachable, unattainable, disconnected person from what people are really going through. So, so I think, I, I, so I think that doing chat cast, it allows me, you know, people can comment, people can talk, people can give their opinion. Uh, Now, now chat cast is on uh, LA talk radio and they can call in and, uh, chat with me about whatever. And uh, the, the other element of it for me was, you know, I'm not, I'm not a good politician. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to tell you it's all going to be okay. Cause you know what? <laughs> it, you know, things are rough right now. Um, and I really, I, but I feel like I, I, I do look at a lot of the really difficult topics in a way where there is, there can be movement where there is a way to move through them. And I think that so many people avoid those topics that that's, that's where I wanted to put my focus. And so if I was going to say anything about the chat cast and, and being able to bring, you know, I have, I have a, a, 
one of the listeners who lives in the Middle East and he actually takes the videos and he shows him to 20 of his friends every time they, they, they all gather and they watch. And he said, you know, he, he tells me that, you know, his life has been changed just just on certain, some topics, you know, uh, feminism, you know, gender, uh, sex and sexual roles and how, you know, sex and power, how, how we relate to these topics that, you know, where he comes from, it's unacceptable to even talk about let alone investigate and understand from a spiritual perspective, you know? And uh, so that, that's been, that's been uplifting that, that inspired me to, to tackle some of the, some of the topics I'm not even like, I can physically, I physically have anxiety sometimes when I'm getting ready to start a show. Cause like, I don't want to talk about this either, <laughs> but it's what's happening. So it's what's happening. It's so what's and, happening. And eventually, once once I get into it, it's it, it it's like anything else, you know. As we, be, I, I don't like to use the term normalize, but the more we are comfortable with just using certain words and talking about certain things in in a in a relaxed way, and for no purpose or with no consequence, right? Because normally we talk about hard topics when there has been a consequences that we're all suffering from, right? When yeah, when absolutely. we we could talk if we could have talked about it months or years ago that might have eliminated the consequence completely right but now it's in our conscience and we have to deal with it we got to deal with it or not and then we'll be dealing with it later right one or the other so tracy you know there's so many facets of you and what you do what or where is the best place for our listeners to find you, to connect with you, to be part of the work you're doing? Um, you can go to tracydunblazer.com, which is T-R-A-C-E-E-D-U-N-B-L-A-Z-I-E-R.com, and uh, beaslayer.com. Um, all of my books you can purchase anywhere books are sold. Um, you know, I always support indie if I can, but I love Amazon too. So wherever the books are sold, you can get them. And I also, I did have a, a this is uh, all three books in a series. Oh, nice. It's my, it's my anniversary series. Um, five years that the, that the, since the first book came out and I, I'm the only one that carries those. So they're, they're uh, available through tracydunblazer.com. So say the titles of those books for the folks who are only listening to us, Tracy. Yes. Okay. Uh, so it's the Demon Slayer's Handbook series. And in it, you get Master Your Inner World, Heal Your Soul History, and Conquer Your Karmic Relationships. And Master Your Inner World has more of the mental emotional relationship and and then how that relates to our spirituality and the different dimensions that we conjure when we're in in have different feelings and emotions and experiences uh heal your soul history is very much about uh the past life understanding and how cultures uh are formed how societies are formed like energetically speaking um and helping you to recognize when you have spiritual trauma that needs to be healed and then conquer your karmic relationships is really about uh, not only your inner relationship, but your relationship to your outer world based on who you are. So okay, so with I, all three of those, it's a huge journey. It is a huge journey. And the, 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 the really exciting thing is every, every reader 
who has picked up the book or even had it in their in their space it naturally takes them on their journey it takes them where they need to go it it it, it conjures up the images the thoughts and ideas or memories that they have um and it takes them on their their own which which was my goal so oh you anticipated my question so I did. <laughs> excellent yes oh, one down check and checklist um so i just want to thank you for being a guest tracy i've been looking forward to speaking with you um to learning more about your work on all levels and your modalities as a off the wall question if you and i were working together right now what modality would you work with me since you said you picked those on the fly mm -hmm. well i think that i would um i would definitely uh i have i have a i have a, a deck it's called the rainbow warrior activation deck and the cards are ambiguous so they're not they're not like traditional tarot which has very specific archetypes talking about specific situations people places and things i feel like i i mean i would definitely i do a card reading for you so that we could capture you, you are a person that's very self-aware so i can't really go oh well this 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 and this because that's not really obvious oh, but heck. <laughs> that, that's a compliment that's a compliment. Oh, no, I know. I appreciate it. I deflected. That's all. I, that, my bad. So continue on. But so, but so the cards would help me to uh, allow a place where you and I could could connect. That would reveal the the one thing you needed. Perfect. Okay. And that is typical to how you would start with folks. Often is to have that centering or figuring out space in the beginning. Yes. I mean, so, some people would would. Uh, come and they'll say, hey, you know, this is going on or I want to address this. And and just when they let me know what it is they want to address, I have a sense of where we need to go. Um, so sometimes I take them through a, a visual, a visualization or a meditation or a, a past life regression. Um, sometimes we, there's something we call soul retrieval that oftentimes people who, who have a, a difficult time focusing or having spiritual intrusions, it's because there's there's literally a piece missing that they need to reconnect with. So, um, yeah. So you can mold and serve in the best way for everyone. Yes. That's a gift. That's a gift, Tracy. Thank you so much for being a guest on the No Labels, No Limits podcast. And I really do encourage folks, if you learned even one thing from Tracy today or you had an aha moment, please share this episode with a friend, pass it on to them, click the share button, share it. Um, Tag Tracy for yes. all her contact information's in the show notes for this. Let us know um, because we want to help more people have the space to be who they are truly and connect with that because we need it. All of us need it so that we can all be our best selves. So thanks again, Tracy. Thank you so much. Bye. You've been listening to the No Labels, No Limits podcast with best-selling author, change agent, and strategic vision coach, Sarah Box. 
You can grab the show notes and find out how to work with Sarah at sarahbox.com forward slash no labels, no limits podcast. We'd love this podcast to reach as many people as possible. So please remember to rate, leave a five-star review and share the podcast with someone you think would get value from this conversation. Until next time, keep taking those daily action steps to align your purpose to your principles and achieve your goals in business and life.